You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, how do you think um, Twitter should monetize themselves? Do you have an honest answer? That's my. Um, it's a really interesting subject because this week I was. Uh, <laughs> That's gonna make my answer even funnier. You're just gonna say you don't care, but no, I really don't care. All right then. So moving <laughs> on to the show. Well, say what you're gonna say. You're asking me a question. No. I have no idea, and I, I couldn't care less about those people. I mean, if they they let the cat out of the bag, it's too late now, right? No. <laughs> All I was saying is Twitter are gonna go public soon, right? But still, but right at this moment, they have not figured out a way to monetize Twitter. Solution simple, from in my opinion, put ads on the page. Right, there aren't on so far. You're advocating that. Uh, yeah, personally, yeah, because I don't think it wouldn't affect me a banner ad on the page at all. I'm not talking about pop-ups and obnoxious shit. I'm talking about top of the page, one big ad that's Ford, Pizza Hut, whatever, rotating, whatever. It. Instantly makes them money. You know, it looks it look like GeoCities, man. No, I don't mean obnoxious. I mean integrated in there. You know, like... And then just... What, could only be one ad. Or how about every three tweets you do, it as a sponsor message on your tweet at the bottom or something. I mean, who cares? You're getting the thing for free anyway, right? You're using it for free. I mean, instantly they generate money and then that's the problem solved, right? But they... Um, <clears throat> I don't think the world's about money, so they shouldn't have started it. Well, going might. public is about money, right? I know, I'm saying they shouldn't have started it for free if they couldn't... I don't think they knew what to do, and I still don't think they do. And when you sell it to shareholders, shareholders expect return. Sure. So you do need to make money at that point. You can't really go public unless you're going to have a, a business plan of some kind. I just don't... I just see the solution as putting ads on there. Just one ad. doesn't have to be obnoxious. Like I say, it can even be just a little tiny footer to every third tweet that's like a little tiny text link. You wouldn't even notice it hardly. But <laughs> That sounds like a great way to advertise. Well, no one would even notice it. They would. <laughs> but what I mean is you wouldn't. it wouldn't affect your using of it. If it said like... I disagree because every site has ads and sometimes they're just... They're so obnoxious the way they slow down the page. The content is obnoxious. It's distracting. I don't use Twitter much, but as it is, it's perfect. So, I say, if you... I mean, it has to change, is all I'm saying. You can't just have it going as it is and not... It can go away. We're not going to die from it. It won't go away. I'm saying, though... It's too prevalent. I mean, put it this way, right? Here's a thing. Apple, this week, announced their new operating system for the iPhone, iOS 5. It's It's for the iPhone, the iPad. It's their new operating system. They are... For the first time ever, integrating Twitter into their operating system. It's not like an app. It's just straight there. It's in it, right? It's embedded. You can always link to Twitter as your tweets directly on your phone without you having to externally go and get it. Well, there's there's a sponsorship deal in the making. I mean, I'm sure they got some money. I'm, for that. I'm assuming yeah, of integrating course. it into there gave Twitter My some money. My thing has that when you do the little shortcut to the internet it has Twitter on there. Right. I believe Skype. No, as Skype. Oh, Skype, right, yeah. right. And that, and that's a deal that Skype made with with laptop manufacturer to have Skype in there. There's a money monetary avenue, 
And Twitter is on every single mobile device, so why don't Twitter just charge those devices to have I'm sure them? they do. Because they have to have somebody code it and everything, so... Well, that app's free, which is interesting. Like, up to now, there's been an app that you grab. Like, on your Zoom, you can grab the Twitter app, it's free, and then you use Twitter. There's no charge in that. There's no... Right. So, I don't know. It's a difficult subject. We'll see how it goes. Either Twitter, like you say, will be extremely ad-driven, or they'll figure something new out, some new thing that we don't know about, or it will just bugger off. But I doubt... That T and that little bird, it's like everywhere now, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. That's what I'm saying. Cats out of the bag. They should have thought of that when they started. I guess Facebook figured out a way. It's real bullshit, isn't it? Get it it on everywhere and then, and then lather it all up. That's what Facebook did. I mean, they had no ads, nothing. Mm -hmm. They got really popular and then they started sticking ads. And now there are ads in Facebook. Mostly ads in apps within Facebook. But yeah. still, there are, there's lots of ads. I play Mafia Wars. It's loaded with ads. It's part of Facebook. Um, also, down the side of Facebook, we, oh, yeah. we use an ad blocker, but if you don't, there's a big ad all the time. There's like, we recommend you for this, we recommend you. So they're figuring out a way. But still, it seems a bit cheesy, doesn't it, when you put a lot of ads on there? And that being said, I put ads on my site too. <laughs> Not that I make thousands of dollars or anything, but there's ads there. Um, you don't make anything. You have Netflix on there. <laughs> no, Google Ads app. Right, Netflix pops up all the time when I go to your page. I see all kinds. I see whatever the DVD is of that week, I mm-hmm. always see that come up. Like Hall Pass, so there was a video of Hall Pass playing in that side. Right. Uh, so talking of Hall Pass, it's Sunday... So that Ju- was our before the after the show discussion. I think they figured that out. Here, i got to say it. So Sunday, June the 19th, 2011. This is after the show number 177. And talking of uh, Hall Pass, uh, the movie we're reviewing this week is Hall Pass, the Blu-ray release... 2011 movie released on Blu-ray on the 14th of June 2011, which would have been this past this week. So we're right on time with this one. Um, it's on Blu-ray. It's rated R. We never. I've never mentioned the rating of a movie. Uh, and this week I was looking. I was like, oh, this one's. So I put. <laughs> we'll do the rating from from now on. I'll just put it up there. Think we have to be kid friendly or something. So this one's rated R, or. Rated unrated if you watch the other cut. What was Platoon? Ah. So if you um, watch this enlarged edition, as they call it, <laughs> it's uh, it's an unrated version. Um, it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and you're going to tell us what this movie is about, or the synopsis of the movie. All right, then. It is uh, two married couples, two husbands who are men, <clears throat> who... Uh, can't seem to keep their imaginary dicks in their in their pants. And, I mean, they have real ones, but they think they can screw anything and they're hot for the ladies and blah, blah, blah. Their wives end up giving them a hall pass, which means you're not married for a week, do whatever you want, and it's basically a reverse psychology thing. You let them have it and see what they do. Is that hall pass idea already established, or did they establish it for this movie? I'd never heard of the term hall pass. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. What's the term hall pass mean out of the context of this oh, movie? Oh, in school? Right. You get a hall pass, which means the teacher gives you a hall pass to like, so go you to the go bathroom. On. No, no, so you can walk down the hall to go, you know, the hall in mm. the school hallway. So you can walk down the hall and not get in trouble. You have trouble. to have a pass to do that. Some schools, but sometimes a day. Huh. So that you, you, they know you have permission to be going to the bathroom, going to right, the gym, so, going yeah. to the office, going it. to use the phone, you know. I get it now. Passes. Now I get it. So I didn't know what it 
Basically, like a free pass. You a know? free or pass like a, for whatever. Yeah. You could say, uh, get out of jail free pass, you know, yeah. anything like that. <laughs> Funny uh, that, you, that I would just assume, you just assume things, don't you? Yeah, it's not something that we do in England. Right. I mean, you have to ask the teacher to go to the toilet, but you don't need no pass. Or yeah, not, everyone, not every school does, but like a big school, so that you don't just have, particularly high school, you don't just have teenagers right. wandering around the school with no and reason. And if you bump into somebody in authority, you can show them this Correct. thing. Uh-huh. So, um... That's funny that you didn't know through the whole movie, no. like... <laughs> I just thought it was something they'd made up to... I, I mean, I understood the concept. Obviously, a real hall pass has nothing to do with having no, sex outside but, of but your marriage. But it's a similar concept yes. of uh, a free thing. I'm giving to, you a note yeah. to go and yeah, do what yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. Like a sick note from the doctor as correct. a day off work. Correct, yeah. correct. All right, so, um, hall pass, uh, Farrelly Brothers movie, starring Owen Wilson. What did you think? I laughed a lot. I felt like it was really sweet. Actually, funnily enough, um, when you mentioned sweet, it's kind of dumb, this kind of comedy. But sure. But Farrelly Brothers ones are a lot. I mean, look at the past catalogue. But I think this one had more heart than a lot the of The man it. side of the comedy is idiotic, as it, it, it often is. It is, and he pokes fun at... But the woman side of the comedy is pretty fun. Well, what I think <laughs> is, I think this one has a bit more heart than the rest of them. Yeah, totally. Because obviously... A, it's, I mean, it's not like, um, what's he called? Four-year-old virgin dude. Oh, yeah. It's not as hard as that. Like, it, it's not delving into drama. Like, it's not comedy and drama. It's more slapsticky comedy. But I do think there was a sweet message, mm-hmm. aside from all the Farrelly brothers dick and fart jokes, uh, as you say, you know. Oh, one of the messages, of course... Is that the only women worth ever marrying or being hot for are skinny, big-tittied, very badly tanned women. Which, yeah. of course, for someone like me, once again, makes sure that I know I have, that's no, not just no, the Farrell- that I have no value in That's not world. just the Farrelly Bros. That's just a Hollywood idea also, right? Yeah, I'm just saying. It's good of them to reinforce that once again. Right. Are I'm just saying. angry with them? Well, it pisses me off sometimes. I mean, gee, many Christmas. How many times can I have it shoved in my so face? So what, what would that you change? That if you're skinny... And if you have big tits, and you have blonde hair, and you have a good, well, a good tan, but not in this movie. You have a fake weird tan in this movie. I don't like tans we'll at all myself. <laughs> the fake, fake tans. Now, I sound wheezy, but I don't smoke or anything, do I? When I laugh or cough today, it's because when we go to watch our movie, it is in our downstairs, and I get, from the moisture, I get wheezy. So just bear with me. <laughs> I think you've got bad lungs myself. <laughs> and I've never smoked anything ever it's my whole like life. I'm, when I'm not around smokers ever, but I just have this horrible wheeze. It'll go away in about an hour. But um, but yeah, they're just it's like you literally you have no value. And they make the subtle, they show the girl, the girl that he's going to settle for. Who's the one, the skinny one who's quit smoking and that. And then the girl next to her is like the round... They make her look dumpy, and she comes out sounding crazy. And of course, he wouldn't want to settle for those girls when he could go for the hot, sexy chick. I would have wanted some crazy chick who's like. That wasn't the point. They made her unattractive. Maybe the walls and the nose and everything. No, no. The the round woman. Uh Right. So you don't even notice. I remember him looking through two things. No, when the girls on the couch that he wasn't even going to go for. Not Owen Wilson, but the other guy. Right? 
It's just that all the women who are valuable, who are worth looking at, talking to, and fucking, are all skinny and beautiful, quote unquote, tan, blonde, or in general. And not like, not like these two guys are hunks either, are they? It doesn't matter. The point is, it's always like that. What it's, I'm saying is, these two guys aren't supermodels. It doesn't matter because I don't think you get but what I'm saying. But there again, no, I do get what you're saying. But what I'm saying is, they never portray the guys that way anyway, do they? Yeah, because it doesn't matter for men. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that irritates me. Personally, crap. I um, Farley Brothers comedy is really hit or miss for me. Yes, I'm kind of even in the same movie, you get like a really hard laugh, and then a like, oh god. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the same with something about Mary, and the same with all of them, to be honest. Me, myself, and Irene. Um, that one's a big miss for me, mostly. Yeah, ninety-nine, and not even let's not even mention say it isn't so. Yeah. Oh my god. Dumb and dumber. Oh, I love Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that Dumb and Dumber's got some non-funny things and some funny things, too. What I'm saying, like, they seem to think gross-out stuff is absolutely necessary in all the movies, including this one. Mm-hmm. It's like the least funny parts of this movie, to me. Like, there's a part where a girl shits herself, right? You might go like, oh, God. Like, yeah. oh, and put your hand up to your face. Yeah, and but, maybe that's what it's but, about. But I'm so used to those, um, like, comedies throughout, I don't know, in the last ten years, these kind of comedies... They always go try and go one up on the gross thing. Let's do something gross. Let's do some gross, like the American Pie movies or the this kind so of. So is that something to do with the penis? Sperm, poop, poop, poop um, you know, a blowjob or some weird thing. Hmm. Who are writing these movies? Men or women? So um, <laughs> yeah, and this movie's about how dumb men are, and how, it really is. Yeah. That I really like. Uh, obviously. So, yeah, because I didn't make it up. I, obviously, I'm not the only one who. No, I'm, this what I mean is, this isn't a movie. That I don't think men, you're dumb, by the way. I'm saying this isn't a movie <laughs> that is like, oh, men are them so awesome. It's not like that, but you know, it does have some questionable, like, you know, saying it's kind of all right to cheat or like giving each other a. It does have some questionable. I don't yeah. think you should follow the rules of this movie. Let's just say. What's your choice if you're married? And it is, but I don't think they that would agree. Work. They both. It wasn't like one told them one was doing it without the other's permission. So, it's adults. We've been married a long time. We've been married a long time. You know, you're. That, I get why if two people agree to it. It would only end in disaster, I think. As we, yeah, as we, yeah. As the movie... You might end up with a black guy and a broken It's a cautionary tale. (laughs) That's for sure. So, yeah, did you uh, find it funny? See, I... A movie we watched... It's one of my recommendations. A movie we watched a few weeks ago, Due Date. I found that infinitely more funny than this. It just had more of a... Due Date. D-U-E. Yeah, just had more (laughs) of a... um, You don't even realize it sounds like you say Due Date every time. Like, like J-E-W date. If you're British, But it's not not like a Jewish date. It's due Um, date. Yeah, with uh, Iron Man. Yeah. See, I prefer that kind of comedy. Even though that was wacky. Wacky, but not gross out. There wasn't gross out. Was there any gross out in it? Maybe. I don't believe so. No. Not really. No. But yeah, Farley Brothers... Absurd, but not... Farley Brothers seem to rely on the gross out. (laughs) Since... Something about Mary. Which is literally the first... Well, Dumb and Dumber even has... Does Dumb and Dumber have gross out? Yeah, they pee themselves. Uh, you know, just silly. I mean, it was less so than... Yeah. They re- literally have relied on that joke 
or a joke of that ilk for every movie they make. Why do you think that is? It's obviously what they find hilarious, right? They must love it and think it's funny and think audiences think it's funny. I think it's the least funny part of this movie. Good. The funniest parts of this movie are just some of the dialogue, really. And the dialogue's not amazing either. It's not, I, like, I like Judd Apatow's dialogue. And it's that's more situational comedy. Really situational. Like, the true sense of it. Like, the two dudes talking and not realizing everyone could yeah. see and hear them. Now, like old that is funny. Because not like the movie old school. A bit old school comedy. Like a, like a right, TV sitcom. Right, like a misunder... Not a misunderstanding because that people are seeing what they're saying. And it's nothing clever or anything. Like but, us. but in this day and age... You do go like, oh god, somebody could be hearing the horrible things that I'm saying. And in that instance, they're also showing, again, sort of the idiot behavior of grown men when they think they're being funny, but they're just being childish. See, some of the funniest things for me were like, just ideas. Like, the idea that these guys are so out of... They're married... They, they, they think they've got what it takes to, yes. to, hit, up, <laughs> yes. to hit up all these babes... And they're so dim-witted and out of it that they think Applebee's is the place to go to hit up on women. Like, I don't think dim-witted is fair. Not dim... Yeah, yeah, I think dim-witted. Like, no, they're not like, duh. No, it's not dumb and dumber, but... Yeah, that's dim-witted. It's dim-witted in the... They're out of the loop. <laughs> yeah, so out of the dating game. Yeah, yeah. But to them, in their minds, no, every girl swoons for them. Like, they can just... Now they've got this hall pass, they can just walk out there and all these women will throw themselves at them which they find is not the case right yeah um, that's the funniest that, that's some of the funniest stuff them discovering that they're not the studs that they think they are they're just middle aged men right who it's not going to happen for them if they <laughs> I mean it's not just going to throw it it never like happened it. for them in the past no not really they think it did yeah and it's all just bullshit like in their minds and like when she's saying you know, you all fantasize about this thing that means nothing to you. You just talk about it like it's something, but it's nothing. And that's in the wives' minds when they give them the hall pass as well. Like, I don't think that this would... Uh, he's not going to go out and instantly right. get... You know, I know it. Nobody's going to want him. No, yeah. <laughs> so it's like in their minds too, like... Um, Res- reverse psychology. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a deep room movie, really. It's... But it does, have some, it does have some laughs, but I did find myself... It's very predictable. Yes. I could literally... Out- I wasn't 100% sure who and what and when and where, though. That was the unpredictable. No, but you, you could didn't. kind of see the outcome, right? Really early. Oh, the outcome, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a message movie, almost. Gets this little message across and moves on. It's, it's not life-changing or anything like that. Kind of fun for a bit. You know? Yeah. It's... For me... And this is just my personal opinion. It's fairly mediocre yes. comedy. I had a fun, but it's not gonna. I'm not taking anything away from it. It's no, just it's hard to pit. It's hard to fast food movie, moments. Right? It's like you my, know? Yeah, empty calories. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is that what kind of thing? <laughs> I, I, I think I could apply that to every Farrelly Brothers movie, actually, including Dumb and Dumber. It's just fun. Like it's I just agree. A fun. You know, it's fun. It doesn't change the world but you might have a laugh for two hours right sometimes sometimes you might not sometimes you might I don't laugh for the whole two hours that's for sure no that's <laughs> but, it's, but it's not like the worst thing either either I've seen way worse things 
Because it's done in a quality way. I was going to say, there's some quality. I think I just like that it's so honest about the truth about men and women. I mean, the absolute truth, really. That How different we are. Yeah, the difference and the different the thing of men thinking. I mean, I listen to podcasts of men all the time, and I don't I don't even know why. I listen to one about video gaming that I, I don't play video games, but I like them. But I listen to them, and I swear to God, they say shit that I just am. I marvel. Maybe this is why I listen because I marvel at the male mind. These are three dudes. One's married, one's very single, and one's in a relationship. You know, like, uh, engaged or whatever. Not engaged yet, but, like, dating. And they're all in their late 30s and 40s. Late 30s, early 40s. And they'll still all say something like, what if we hire a girl, um, I'm gonna be on, you know, cock block control because my girlfriend's gonna be all pissy. And I'm thinking, really? You weigh about 250 pounds. Not that I care, but he puts himself down constantly. He has no self-esteem, this guy, right? So he puts in his mind that he's a fat, horrible-looking blob of guy. That's how he puts it. That's how he talks about himself, right? So you this know. is tell them Steve Dave's Kevin yeah, Smith podcast. Yeah, tell them Steve Dave guy. Now, he may not weigh 250 anymore. Are we talking he's about lost Kevin a lot Smith? Of weight. No, no, no. Oh. Talking about the... I don't know his name. He's lost a Paul lot of weight. Flanagan. No, the other guy. But he puts himself down constantly. He's depressed. He feels bad about himself. He's ugly. He's hairy. He's got a big, long beard. All this stuff, right? So, right there, he's already thinking low of himself, but he puts on this front, like, if they hire a woman in the store, there's this instant potential that he's going to be screwing her. Like, that's the first thing they talk about. Not about if the woman's going to be qualified or anything. It's where she's she's going to be hot. Is she going to wear a costume? Um, We're all going to have to be careful because our wives and girlfriends are going to get pissed. And I'm thinking, really? Is that the first thing you think? No, I'm just asking you because you're a dude. Is, is that you don't think that way? And then I listen to another one where it's kind of same. Kevin Smith constantly talks I about. I think there's sex. a lot of immature kind of dudes. Yeah, and these two dudes are obviously portraying that kind of dude, right? Just really immature. Like they're still at university or whatever, but they're right. But they're not really. That's the thing. The one is not the Owen Wilson guy, but the Owen Wilson guy. It's like that. Like I'm saying, it's a front. It's not the real guy. No, and 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 real like if I'm talking to you, you don't talk like that. If I'm no, interestingly enough, this Hall Pass movie strips away. He does have that front of exactly, and then that's the heart of the movie is that he's not that, which is predictable, but it, but it's sweet at the same time, right? Because he's convinced he has to have that. Yes, and then you just go, you just want to crack it off of men and say like. Do you realize that putting your dick inside of a penis isn't the whole point of life? Putting your dick inside of a penis. <laughs> How's that work? <laughs> Maybe that's what they're really Putting your that's... dick inside of a vagina. There we go. <laughs> I got confused by the actual penises in this movie. They um, make fun of vaginas. There was some penises in this there movie. There were penises. There was talk of vagina, but no actual sight of them. But that isn't the point of life. What, penises in a movie? Penises in vaginas? <laughs> well, that's how life is created. That's not the point of the rest of your no. life, though. I guess it's the cycle of life. Right, so then you should obsess about it? Maybe that Maybe that is why um, it's an obsessed thing, because... Uh, Primordial need to creator, screw? Yeah, makes it so it is, so then you get more people. I don't know. 
whatever. <laughs> I don't think that's what makes men think they can screw hot models all the time. No. Hot, <laughs> hot models. <laughs> or in their minds, you know, they can, like in this movie, they think they can walk down any street any time, pick up any chick. And that's what's funny, because you... Actually, that is one of the things where I thought, oh, this was going to go one way. They were just going to have all these lewd adventures with all these women. But this movie doesn't actually go that like, way at all. Like, Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> yeah, like these two, as soon as they get this hall pass. Is the way I thought the movie was going to go is they get this hall pass and then there's this... Is This movie's layered into, like, day one, day two, day three. It's like a, all these days of them doing this hall pass thing. Seven days, right? Um... I thought each day was going to be something, you know, the worst thing they could, you know, they end up in a strip club, they screw a ton of women, they, but that isn't how it goes, and it's better for all that. They do a lot of eating. They do noticed. do a lot of eating, and um, <laughs> every day they're nothing, eating a lot of ice cream and eating at Applebee's. <laughs> a lot of not succeeding in any way. Like, not even trying. No. that's what's hilarious. Right, they to don't, me. like, like they the don't first even know day, what to they do. just like... eat a lot and go to sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like men do that, you know. Because men do do that. They watch because, <coughs> and they play the video game. Yep. And the thing is, I was thinking to myself, do they not realize that they're having a really good time? Yeah, just... Just well, hanging around. That's the thing they don't realize, but... Yeah. That is what's happening. Like, yeah. That's the thing they need to realize. That as soon as they try to start ch- picking up chicks, they're it's all stressed not, out and it's not fun. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though they do have a modicum of success. Mm. In, you know. <laughs> Questionable. All right, so moving on to the uh, cast of this movie. We've got Owen Wilson as Rick. Um, Owen Wilson's really charming, in my opinion. I actually kind of like him. Yeah, he was better in this movie than I remember for a long time. I mean, I like him in Wes Anderson movies. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Royal Tenenbaums and stuff. I mean, he's amazing. Um, in comedies, I, fi- I find he's pretty good, too. Uh, what was the one we watched where he was... Robert Taylor wasn't good. It had some fun to it, though, right? Mm. And it had a heart as well. It had a heart. Um, but not the best thing ever. No. But I do like him. It's something about him that's kind of... You know, I know he's had, like, a hard time and stuff, yeah. as, as we know. But He, he always... just seems really natural. Like, he'll get to talking and he'll get to sing. Like, you know, lines. at the beginning when he was dealing with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And yeah. I said to you, has he, has he really got kids? Because <laughs> he seemed really like he... He did, yeah. It's, it, it, I bought that those were his kids, like, and he, uh, he, the way he was dealing with the kids. And it's really funny, the, the little girl gives him, like, ponytails in Or, his he's a brilliant actor. actor. <laughs> to, to fake that completely, if he's, like, some lonely recluse guy. <laughs> Who hates just yeah. as the camera goes off, he's like, get these bastards yeah. off of me. <laughs> so, yeah, I buy what he does, and he's charming at, at the same time, right? He's a little bit the same all the time. Yeah, very But much. in this one, it's like he's growing up with them. Like, their comedies, it's still pretty basic, but it does grow up a bit as yeah. you go along, right? So I feel like he's kind of doing the same thing. And then we've got Jason Sudeikis as Fred. Now, I didn't know Jason Sudeikis was. I had to go and look him up. He's been in Saturday Night Live for the last ten years. Um, so he's, you know, well-established comedian guy. Uh, what do you think of... Jason Sudeikis. He's all right. I think that he portrayed the asshole guy perfectly. So whether he's a really good actor or he's just a Comedian. real dick. Yeah. <laughs> but I say he pulls that character I thought it off right, really well. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm not familiar with him at all. I can't even tell you if I've ever seen his face before. It seemed, oh, this is a new guy. I don't know this guy. You know, it wasn't like a familiar face popped up. Um, Jenna Fisher, uh, who's famous from The Office, plays Maggie. I like her. She had a really bad tan. Oh, God. 
Excuse me. The only person in this movie who what the two people who weren't terribly tanned were the two main lead guys. Everybody else had a bad spot. Yeah, really bad time. I mean, Chris uh, Applegate chick. She wasn't so bad. She looked I'm like thinking, she in the sun. Is it something to do with us watching it in high def? Is it show up worse than it should or something? It might. I you know, I'm just afraid it's the fashion. Or it was funny. But this shouldn't be funny because they were just normal people. <laughs> you know, imagine. This is completely out of thin air, but imagine <laughs> imagine if the Farrelly brothers said, you know, this movie takes place in a sunshine-soaked place, so it would be odd for you all to have New Yorker kind of pale complexions wherever you live. So we want to give you fake tans, and the day they went for fake tans, it balls up in some way, and they said, no, leave it, it's funny. Right. That would be a, be a funny thing, but I'm not sure that is it. I think I just it's think just the fashion where your neck doesn't match your face. Because it's really bad looking. Your necks don't match their faces, and there's this weird sameness all over. It does look weird. So, like, when I go to the tanning bed, which I know you're opposed to, and a lot of people are, when I go to the tanning bed, because I don't like getting out in the sun, my body's laying in there, and there are shadows, and I'm round, and so there's parts of me where the light doesn't get to quite the same, you know, up around my eyes or down around my jowls and all that saggy shit. Now, that leaves, um, like, when you're drawing someone, you you rely on, drawing, like, with a pencil, you rely on, you know, the shadow, the bags under your eyes, the lines around you. When you spray somebody with the tan, you're airbrushing them, just like you would in a magazine. So there's no... Did you notice... The only blotchiness is where it shouldn't be. Like, it collects right here, yeah, like, oh, on your... Like, for women, right in this crease by your nose, I don't... I think there's a name for that, but... Sometimes fake tan kind of collects in there a little bit, and then, like, right around here on your chin, wherever you got creases, you know what I mean? Where your skin kind of comes to go, it's extra oily or whatever. So it just looks odd. Like, and Jenna Fisher didn't always have this tan. At the beginning of the movie, she didn't have it. It wasn't as strong. It appeared at some point, and I was like, uh, looks like, uh, actually, they, they were at a beach or something, and I was like, wow, it looks like they've been at the beach for 12 months, because she's like, <laughs> completely tanned all of a sudden. She's been split. Um, then so, again, if two women are going to Cape Cod for the week, it, the likelihood of them going to get a spray tan before they go yeah. is very possible. But a ba- it, Just a bad one in this. Yes, it wasn't like, I don't know. So I like Jenna, I like Jenna Fisher, though. Um, oh, yeah, me too. I do think she's good. I think she's very similar in everything also. I could have just been that. Who she is in the office. It wasn't as... It was toned down in this as well, I think. I think she knows herself as well. Yeah. I think it feels Christina like Applegate plays Grace. I like to call her Anchor Woman. I <laughs> yeah. do hope there is an Anchor Woman movie with Christina Applegate. I really like Christina Applegate. Yeah, like, I do really a lot. She's I hilarious, I think. She's her. good delivery of she stuff. Mo- she, she's like Owen Wilson with the... There's something about... She's just... 100% like there when she's doing every little movement and she does really you know kind of a sad not sad but like depressed not depressed what's the word like a real moment that's not comedy where she's sort of realizing when she's saying this isn't going to happen and then it kind of dawns on her like oh I <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm not as good whatever and then just really funny moments when the two women are having to react to their husbands and they're so horribly embarrassed See, I never me. liked her in Married with Children I, I just didn't like I didn't like her in that I didn't think she was particularly funny I, I also didn't think that show was particularly funny I was going to say you just are kind of a but you're not into that I think it, Anchorman changed my mind on her completely because I've not seen her in 
I mean, I, I all I remembered was her in in Married with Children, right? And then I saw Anchorman, and she was stealing Harvard. Yeah. Not stealing Harvard. No, no, no. The other one with John Knoxville. Yes, but and then she was grown up, and she was in Anchorman, and she's hilarious in Anchorman. She's partially why it's hilarious because she's the opposite to. I'd say she's about seventy percent why it's funny. Well. <laughs> okay, um, eighty, and then the men are the other twenty. But yeah, she's she's really good in this. I think one of the I best do. ones in it. Um, and I put there's other people in this, but the last person I put was Stephen Merchant plays uh, Gary. Um, stick around till after the credits because there is a really good <laughs> yes. scene after the credits. You said, do you think there'll be anything? I'm like, it feels like definitely. Yeah, and it's actually a really Hilarious. elaborate um, Gary scene. Yeah, you know, he doesn't get much of an elaborate scene in the movie. It is pretty funny when they um, eat drug brownies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Stephen Merchant, I just played Portal 2 recently and he played the voice acting role in Portal 2 and I can't get that out of my head every time I hear him now. But um, he's funny in this. And, he, and not the, the obvious choice for that guy and not the obvious choice for a friend of theirs. Like, I was, when I saw them all playing cards and I was like, whoa, Stephen None Merchant. None of them are, really. There's a pretty mishmash J.B. Smooth is also there from Curb Your Enthusiasm, a stand-up comic. He's pretty much the same character as he is Always, in Curb yeah. Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. But still funny. But, like I say, kind of underused the friends in this. Oh, not underused at all. I, For me, I, I, I would have, have liked more I would have cut them out completely. No, I would have had more Stephen Merchant, more J.B. Smooth, maybe less of that other guy, the one who's in the... They call him Hogface. <laughs> in the Sam Bunker, doing the... Yes! <laughs> yeah, more less of that guy. Um... I don't need the buddy thing going on. I like the couples. Maybe it's because I'm a man. Maybe I want the buddy thing. <laughs> so this is directed by the Farrelly brothers, Peter Farrelly and Bobby Farrelly. Um, they did The Heartbreak Kid with Ben Stiller, Stuck on You, Dumb and Dumber, Something About Mary, Kingpin, which is one of my personal favorites. Kingpin's really... I, I love Kingpin. It's ludicrously... It's ludicrous, yeah. Hilarious. Wacky. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray is... Uh, Amazing in that movie. Is that all they've done? That's their highlights, pretty much. <laughs> Me, myself, and Irene. Right. <clears throat> Very similar types of movies. It might be about different subjects, but they're always completely kind of off the wall in a way, like stuck on you. I mean, but they have a heart thing. With a message, yeah. Always. Uh, they haven't really strayed off the... They've matured a tiny bit. It's not, not as cartoony as it used to be. No, it's moved with the times, but it's still got the essence. You know it's them. I mean... But it's not 20-somethings anymore. Or, you know, it was 20-somethings, 30-somethings, now we're closing in on the 40-somethings. I mean, the Farrelly brothers are probably late Exactly. Fathers. Yeah. Um, Makes you wonder. But like yeah. I say, it's not... It's all very similar. I, if you liked their other movies, this is another one that you'll like. I, I can't see you not liking it. It's the similar type of formula. It's like going to a comedian show who just does that observational life commentary comedy where everything they say, you just go, yeah. I, I, well, yeah. yeah. It's nothing It's nothing inventive or like nothing outrageous. It's just that you identify with it constantly. I'll tell you the perfect person to... Uh, associate that with Norm MacDonald have you ever seen his stand up mm. he's just that he just says stuff like you know that guy who does and you're like oh yeah I know that guy that's like you know which is like, like what The Office is yeah yeah you relate, you relate to, to the all that. situation You've seen, yeah 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 with a bit of wackiness put on top so that's and gross out 
you know. Yeah, there's not as much gross out in this. No, as much in this no. one, but it does occur. And when it did occur, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, that wasn't necessary at all, but I can see why they did it because there's something about Mary coming the and hair. And then there's thing. the scene, and I was like, where did that come from? Yeah. holy shit. There's like, scenes in here that you're like, okay, that's the Farrelly brothers. When they haven't grown up. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, we did this shit and this is our trademark. We're going to do some of that. Shit. <laughs> Literally shit on this one. Um, Two times. Yes. <laughs> and penises on the screen and, you know, just stupid shit. Like, there's a penis in the shot. Full up, close up penis in the shot. Now, we've all seen a penis. It's not really... But... It's like lowest common denominator, like, oh, there's a penis next to a guy's face, right? It might... I don't know. It's not, it's not particularly funny. But it didn't bother you when she took her top off, did it? And her boobs were just naked. There's some naked boobs. Yeah, but see, that doesn't even occur to you at all. And I think to myself, why does anyone care if you see a penis when you've looked at naked breasts your whole life? How could it possibly be different? I don't care about seeing a bit. <clears throat> no, well, you do because it stands out. To I mean, I'm sa- no, that it stands out as in like screen. why even bother with that? And I thing? think why bother showing breasts? You know, she's got them. Mm-hmm. You know, she's showing. You didn't them need to. It was no. just very. Um, but that wouldn't occur to you, is what I'm saying. Only occurs to you that it's weird and uh, and uh, slightly awkward to see a penis. And let me say, we also watched the extended version of the movie, which <laughs> yeah. is like six or seven minutes more. And then I went up and looked which scenes were the extended ones. And it's actually the extended scenes are nothing to do with... Like, you see the penis in both versions. You see the tits in both versions. It's none of that. It's just some extra story stuff. We, let's say breasts. Shall we talk about the woman's body for what it is? I shouldn't say boobs either. Just breasts. They're not objects. They are part of our body, you know? Yeah, but... A yeah. penis is a penis, and breasts All right, dick and tits. No. <laughs> we saw the dick and tits. A penis and breasts. I'll be from the man's point of view, you be from the woman's. Um, yeah, so the extended scene... Are you scene, proud of that? <laughs> the extended scenes are not actually filthy or anything. No, but they it's add... It's more story. Lot, well... And it's only six minutes. Not story, do they? But there's details to the events that really help, I think. Yeah. And that, yeah. But the theatrical version would seem kind of bland without some of those. Yeah, they're, just, they're extra kind of scenes, but they're substantial up. scenes. I, I, I don't think it matters if you see them or not, to be honest. I don't think so. No. I mean, it's not going to, like, you're not going to go, wow, that was uh, the director's cut of that is so much more better. No, it's no, not. No. Like, it's just, no, no. just a little added extra. In fact, if those scenes would have just been deleted scenes, it would have had the same effect just watching them after the fact. I disagree, but. No, I don't disagree. So Well, you can't say that. It's totally different. No, personally, I would have got as much from them as watching them as deleted scenes. It didn't add anything to the movie for me. It was just like a couple of ex- extra things. If I didn't know they were there and I watched the normal version, I wouldn't have enjoyed it any less. It, it wasn't like, oh, make yeah, a break. But them in the movie and watching them as deleted scenes are two very different things. Well, I just, <clears throat> whenever I watch a deleted scene, I just go to the movie in my head and like, fit it in. And <laughs> All right. That's elaborate. Well, so that's how I do. I mean, I know where it fits, and then I right. try. Then I go, okay, well, did that make it any better? And that's how I usually judge deleted scenes. Oh, that was a scene. I say to you sometimes, they should have left that in because that was yeah. perfect. In fact, the movie seemed a bit disjointed without that, and that happens a lot, doesn't it? But in this, I didn't think so. So, getting on to uh, Blu-ray extras, very little in the way of Blu-ray extras. <laughs> There's nothing really. In fact, um, you get a Blu-ray, a DVD, and a digital copy. But, I mean, you pretty much do it with everything nowadays. Um, but the actual 
deleted, there's one deleted scene, <laughs> which is Coakley, Richard Jenkins plays it cool with a cop. Which is nothing. No, and that could have been in the movie and that would have been fine, but it's also fine missing as well, right? It's more than fine to be missing. It was just stupid. And there's a hilarious <laughs> gag reel, which is... All Farrelly Brothers movies have a gag reel and they're all pretty much the same. Are you saying hilarious or yes, just the box, though? The box. I was going to say, I don't remember the hilarious part. But it if it says right. it on the box... It was all right. It wasn't hilarious, no. Um... <laughs> He admits it wasn't hilarious. And there's also uh, something that they make clear here at the bottom is the extended cut is only on the Blu-ray. So if if you want, when you watch the DVD, it's just the theatrical one. I guess it's because they don't have the technology to splice it. Oh yeah. So um, in uh, conclusion on this movie, for me, it's a fun two hours, but it's nothing groundbreaking. The Farrelly brothers aren't progressing that much. Yeah. Might have a little bit more heart than the other ones did, but for me, it's all right. I can't. <laughs> I can say watch it, but it's not like my. It's favorite a good fun. Ever. It's a, it was a fun Sunday afternoon. That flick. kind of thing, isn't it? You know, you wouldn't be disappointed if you were if you knew. Well, looking at the cover, you know what you're in for, right? Mentioning the cover, it's a picture of a girl in a bikini from the rear with them two poking her out. No, that totally is misleading. Because that's what you thought it was going to be, was them having some raucous I mean, time. It, so that's totally wrong. All it is is showing a naked, skinny butt with two guys looking around it. Which is not representative of the movie at all. Well, I kind of think that... In fact, this tells them, tells people what you thought it was. Which is sort of like saying it's like porkies for grown men. And it's absolutely not. So... See, the cover, I feel like I got what was the cover, you know, there was some chicks, there was these two dudes. It wasn't like that at all. Not that scene, but it gives me the, imp- that if I would have picked up this off the shelf, I kind of know what I'm in for with that. No, it's I a disagree. wacky comedy, there's Owen Wilson, it's a sexy comedy. I disagree completely. And that's what it is, a sexy comedy, right? No, not that sexy. I think it is in parts. It's got sex jokes. Most <laughs> of the jokes. A dude who's faking. What's it called? I don't know. Most of the jokes are sexual. Most of the. Yeah, there's all kinds of. There's a guy masturbating. Like you in say, the there's car. some dicks, there's some tits, there's masturbating. There's all kinds of sex undertones it's not and sexy. overtones. Not overtones, sex. I would say. Yeah. So um, yeah, I um, don't highly recommend it, but <laughs> if you want a laugh, you'll laugh. And what about you? You. I'd say it's a, it's a medium, but I would recommend it to certain people. It's a good time. It's a good time. I mean, you know, last night I watched Aliens and Resident Evil 2. I can't really judge on super high quality of things, because I loved both of those movies. I didn't love Resident Evil Aliens 2. Aliens is super high quality. Aliens is awesome. Um, you know what? When you watch it really close, not everything about it is super high quality, but it's it's a beefy movie to me. Close. And I mean, mean that in the nicest way. <laughs> you what? I've watched it pretty close, and I've watched it a lot of times, and to me it's really... There's some pretty cheese ball moments, its time, but it's also pretty, 80. Yeah, yeah. I mean, James Cameron, he was... Back then, when technology wasn't Avatar standards, he still got... He still got everything he a could A vision of, of yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it still looks amazing. When she gets in the thing, and it's like... Nah, nah. You know? Good night. Leave her alone, you bitch! <laughs> Did they change that she, on the TV? No, bitch is okay you? to say. All right. The f the f word was bleeped out a lot, though. 
not bleaked out, but blanked out. <laughs> and so, Resident Evil 2 was really broken up. But. So um, that is the whole past review. Thanks to Warner Brothers for the disc. Um, I want to say, if you want to enter a contest, go to com. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Red Riding Hood on Blu-ray. Another Warner release. Um, Gary Oldman and... I don't know. I don't know the girl's name. Amanda Seafried. You know who she is. Yeah, I was trying to think of her name. Mm. Um, Jennifer's yeah. body. Correct. The other one. And Twilight, maybe. I do not know. Um, but anyway, that is uh, next week. And this week, you're going to do the movie tagline. Our new movie tagline thing. Yes. Uh, let's explain what movie tagline right, is. Then. It's new. Movie tagline. For... Movie tagline. Correct. You going to explain it? No, you are. I'll explain it then. Uh, movie tagline. What is it called? <laughs> movie tagline. It's not officially called that. That's just what I wrote. <laughs> and it's stuck. For this week, it's called movie tagline fun, and I think it's kind of self-explanatory. I will say the name, the tagline of a movie from on the box or on the poster or as it's listed on IMDb or some other movie tagline site. These are our resources, right? You then have to guess the movie. Yeah, it's what uh, we alternate this. Yes, yeah, so next week we'll flip it around. Yeah, all right. Next week you can explain Say the, it. the instructions. This week I wanted to pick one that was a little bit different. Some of them are really short and quick, right? And this one's kind of long. So, are you ready? Oh, do you have to look it up? No, I just have to do this. Oh, okay. I have to do this. The good news is Jonathan's having his first affair. The bad news is she's his roommate's mother. Well, that's a long tagline. Jonathan. Let me say it one more time. The good news is Jonathan's having his first affair. The bad news is she's his roommate's what mother. What era is this? Is this ancient? Like 50s, wasn't it? No. It is the 80s. I'll oh, give okay. you a clue. And it, it's like, it's not snappy. It's not anything like... <laughs> I mean, it tells you... I'm gonna... I've seen this. I do not know. I'm assuming that you have, but I don't know. Not with me, you haven't. I haven't even seen it since I've known you. You did it? Did it? Not Porky's. It is not. But you're in the you're in the vicinity there. <clears throat> Anybody? Anybody? Lemon, lemon popsicle. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Go on. What is it? Class with Rob Lowe. Never seen it. You've never seen that one where they go to boarding school, like, or maybe first year of college. Nope, never I think seen it. So in, I would never know. Boarding that. school. High school. Rob Lowe and Andrew McCarthy. Nope. And Rob Lowe has an affair with Andrew McCarthy's mother, or vice versa. I don't remember. And it's, you know, kind of like a Porky's, but trying to be a little more sophisticated. Yep, I would never would have gone. <laughs> never heard of it. I bet somebody out there was thinking it. 80s movies. Yeah, maybe. The roommate's mother is the... You know, yeah, so that's my tagline. Fun. Did you have fun? No. Do I always have to make it a movie you've seen? It's, well, you don't know what I've seen. True. You don't know. At least I've I know that. I thought I'm pretty sure. If it's super, is that? That's not obscure. No, it's, that was a popular movie in its day, right? Yes. No, it I, wasn't like Ferris Bueller or anything like that. Anyway, um, so yeah, I didn't get it. No, you don't have to make it a movie. I don't know, but I wouldn't give you something super obscure because I know you wouldn't get it. It's not obscure though. No, that's not. But it might be to me, being an Englishman. Maybe it never even got a release in my fair Yeah, country. but you would know Ferris Bueller's. Yes, I would. Because <laughs> that was obviously the... Wait, you're British, and it's not. No, what I'm saying is 
Ferris Bueller was literally a world phenomenon. I mean, it's one of those that right. you know, got through everything, right? All right, so movie recommendations this week. I am going for some based on this movie. Um, one being a comedy that I've really enjoyed recently. Um, funny People. Not recently, but last year. Um, I really enjoyed Funny People. Like I said to you, one of my favourite comedies. From- Adam Sandler. Yep. Um, it's quite. It's a. It's a three-hour comedy. Yeah. There's not many of those around. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, my other a one. Comedy with a heart. My other one is Due Date. Due Date. Um, Let me interpret. Which I liken more to this Hall Pass movie, but I. Th- I was going to say I feel like it's a bit elevated a little bit, but it's not because no. they're both kind of stupid. But I really enjoyed um, Zach Galifranakis and. Robert Downey Jr.'s chemistry together. It was kind of unusual. I didn't... I've never seen anything like it. It seemed really off to me. So I liked it. You know, it was kind of uncomfortable. It was... <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I did I did dig that one. I, I liked Juli- it more... <clears throat> and Juliet Lewis. Liked right? it more than this. Let me say that. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, then. And mine are Dead and Breakfast. Because I mentioned that earlier. You did mention it, and I thought that's one of those wacky... Nothing. Over the top horror, horror zombie in the in the vein of um, dead alive or what did you call it? What do brain you dead, call? brain dead, but not that intense, not that, but no. <clears throat> just wacky, weird zombies. Low budget, and, yeah. Um, and, and it's a cult now. It's a cult classic. I see it mentioned all the time. People love that movie, and it's like a nothing movie. It's almost like a. It's like a, something they'll be playing late night on HBO and it's on a thousand times. But that maybe is why it's so popular. Yeah, yeah. It probably is one of those on rotation. And who's in it that you love? David Carradine. Bruce Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Campbell's in it, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Slightly. Not a lot, but a little bit. In fact, yeah. most people who are in it are in it a little bit. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and my other one is an episode of the original Twilight Zone called Nick of, Nick of Time. That's with Shatner. He there was a movie called Nick of Time. Go, yeah, this isn't it. He goes in there. He's with his new bride. They go into a cafe, and there's a little machine on the table that will, like a little swami guy who will answer your question, like an a super eight, like an eight question eight ball or whatever it's called. Yep. Magic eight ball. You ask it a question. You put in a penny. You pull out a tag, and it tells you some obscure answer. But he Shatner is real superstitious, and he gets obsessed. So you gonna give this away? Thinking that it's the Twilight Zone, you know. I'm giving you the premise. He starts to get obsessed with it, actually predicting his future. And it's an example <laughs> of what the, the the actual good and bad of William Shatner, I believe. Even at a young age, he was wearing the truss right. way down. And he was thin. And there was something about, in his career, there's somebody, or he told himself, or somebody told him he had to wear a girdle all the time. And I don't get it. Perhaps it was just a fetish of his. I don't know, but it's That's a good one, too. It's a quality one, you know? I was just thinking... I've been watching all of the original Twilight Zones, and they're not all top quality, but they're all good stories. I was thinking David E. <laughs> Kelly's The Box. That's like a bad Twilight Zone episode, right? David E. Kelly's The Box. With Cameron Diaz. Oh, that's a bad one, yeah. It's like a Twilight Zone episode that's fucked up in some way. Like it, Like it was... Like the first... You know. If you had made it... A one-room play. Now, they have some episodes of The Twilight Zone that are like uh, like a stage play. And it's all one take. 
it's not some of them are wild they're on yeah, different like planets the woman and in all that kind of stuff when there's the younger version of a um that's all in one room right yeah but it's not like a stage play when that's got cuts and another kind this there's a couple of them that are just like stage <clears throat> like a stage play version of it and uh I forgot what I was going to say <laughs> nice Alright, so moving on to... Uh, <laughs> no loss. <laughs> moving on to games and Ace Scully stuff. This week, I've not been playing many games, because uh, it's kind of post-E3. Um, Hangover. <laughs> I've still been catching up on... I've been still watching E3 videos this week, funnily enough, because there's stuff that I missed from other sources that I've been going back and making sure I saw everything. But what I played this week uh, was Infamous 2. Now... Last week I said I needed to finish Infamous 1 before going on to Infamous 2, and you saw we did finish Infamous 1. The ending of Infamous 1, not to give it away, it's actually a really cool ending. I didn't see that coming, did you? Mm-mm. Did Were you following the story? No. See, I was, and that ending is actually quite good. It's a good payoff for what you did. Right, right. Now, Infamous <clears throat> 2 is also has an excellent... Did you see the opening to Infamous 2? Barely. Excellent opening, I must say. Because I said to you, how are they going to take us out of this one city and take us to another city. Because you obviously have to be in a different location because it'd be boring in the same city. They did it in a really good way. And instantly, as soon as you start playing, you can see the improvement in the graphics. I mean, you noticed, didn't you? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like... I mean, Infamous came out in 2009. And this is... Infamous 2's just come out. It's amazing how different it looks. Because we're playing them back to back. The detail on the characters close up in the second one is like it's it's like it's almost like it went from a cartoon to like real people it's it's crazy um it's it takes place in a like a new orleans it's not new orleans but it's their version of new orleans so it's more colorful you know it's is this the future <clears throat> yeah the scope is well i don't want to give anything away but yeah. right. the scope is um bigger it's more like Assassin's Creed, like it, like it's a very open world. I mean, it's an open world in the first one. It just feels a bit cramped, the first one, to me. Like, it isn't actually that big, the world. This one's a lot more vertical as well, so you can go a lot higher. There's some new things, like the electric wires that you can slide on. There's poles that go up buildings that are electrified. I'm not sure why, but they send you to the top of a building. And the reason so. is because your dude has electricity in him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a superhero, and his superhero power is electric. Um, harnessing electric for his own power. Um, I've not played a lot of the second one. It's very similar to the first one, gameplay-wise, so far. Um, but improvements are massive in it. It's the, the combat is better. It has this new camera angle that it kind of zooms in when, you, when you're fighting people. So it zooms in closer, and it gives you these cinematic views of the fight going on. It's actually more involved than the original. Because the original, the melee combat was unsatisfying. You press the button and the people fell over. Right. This one, they kind of made it look better. Um, can't really comment much, but I did really dig the way... If I'm saying, if you're going to play Infamous 2 and you didn't play the first one, I say pick the first one up. It's like nine ninety nine the first one now. Pick it up and play it through, because that ending is an awesome ending and you wouldn't get it if you just picked if you actually if you pick up the second one the opening movie explains what happened in the first one but the impact of that ending 
doesn't happen. Because the same as Resident Evil 2. And it, they do a good job of her flashing back right, to, yeah. and a really quick explanation. But if you haven't... And the opening of it's awesome and her remembering and yeah. telling and in her mind and her waking up and all that stuff and then all the... They cut to all the you know, different scenes from the thing. But you're right. If you haven't if seen it... If you've lived the, the other Yeah. One, if you didn't see it play out... It's not as impactful. Like. You don't care as much. You don't... It doesn't mean anything. Not that Resident Evil movies mean anything. But, you know, as far as you connecting with the whole of the big conspiracy and the big story. So it's the same in this. It's it's explained away in, like, a minute's cutscene. And then you just in the action immediately. So it doesn't really mean anything. And you guys literally finished and started. So you had it all in within like a half and an hour. And it works really well that way. Even though it's kind of like a, a jar in that it looks so much different. And his voice is different. Voices, different voice actor completely. Funnily enough, I prefer the second voice actor. Yeah, you both were like, within about ten minutes, you're like, oh, At first this, was this like, voice is alright. This guy's really different. And then I was like... This guy's better. He's just got something more to him, like than the other guy. The other guy was just the <laughs> real yeah. gravelly. This guy's gravelly, but he's got some like a little accent to it. It's it's cool. So yeah, that's Infamous Two. I'll tell you more about it as a playthrough. The other game I played this week was Child of Eden, which is Tetsuo Misaguchi's new game, and he's famous for Res, Luminez, Every Extend Extra. He was also oh that guy. Yeah, he's, he's a legend in Japan, a uh, gaming legend. Um, what game before Res, though? Uh, yeah, he used to work for Sega. Okay. He was the guy who invented Sega Rally, which is one of my favorite racing games ever. He made the arcade machine for Sega Rally. I used to adore that game when I was a kid. If it was in any arcade, I wanted to have 10 P's to go and play it. Aww. Sega Rally is now on the consoles, but it's nothing to do with him anymore. But he did... He was the mastermind behind you know a racing game, and then he goes on to do these... Art pieces, I call them. It's very different to what anybody else is doing, right? It's how do you explain Child of Eden? Um, like, a, I don't know. It's hard to explain because there's you, music playing. You and came and watched me playing it and said, "I don't even know what's happening." <laughs> I can't even tell what you're shooting at or anything. It's just all like it's a rhythm vector, game. vector graphics everywhere. You know, like just lines and um, there's music playing I, I assume that it cranks up as you do more and it gets more intense. you're in control of the music so like when you're shooting things you're making music happen right so if I was doing really crappy the music wouldn't sound as it's like geometry wars on crack really because you've got your one thing that you're you're controlling in 3d and you're shooting yeah forward and back towards you and around instead of just around and around and around it's on rails because you're not moving the, oh, the, the game background moves. moves. Yeah, right, like right. it's you, like you're going down a tunnel. Right, right. Well, you're yeah, it's going past you. You're moving the sights. You've got a reticle that you move, and you're locking onto enemies, and you can lock onto eight, and then let go of your button, and it shoots all eight of them. So the idea is to get big combos, like right. try and shoot eight people, and then well, not people there. If you know what they are, organisms, uh, animals, all kinds of things in this game. And this game has this loose story that. You're fighting through the internet to rescue this girl who was the first person to be born inside the internet. It's all very... Funny you should say that. Because the other night I was explaining to you and chat very briefly that Charles from MASH um, is a species who has veins on his head and at the age of 60 his planet will make him commit suicide. And then this other guy had an organism going in him, which is actually him, and his body's just a host. And you're like, you sound crazy. Yeah. And I was describing Star Trek Next Generation, and here you are saying, 
what you're saying, and that sounds like crazy too. So, child isn't, of, fan, isn't fantasy a wonderful thing? Really? It truly is. Yeah. Child of Eden. Um, so, like, just to sum up on Child of Eden, it is definitely the spiritual successor to Res. If you loved Res, and that was Mizuguchi's. Well, it was quite a long time ago now. It came out on the PS2. Uh-huh. Dreamcast, if it maybe no PS2 probably. I also feel like it's a it's the evolution of something like Tempest 2000 that you loved so much. Yeah, it's Tempest. like that. It's old school, but it's really modern at the same time. I mean, it's like cutting edge. It's actually a Kinect game. I don't have the Microsoft Kinect, but you can play it with the Kinect by waving your arms around. You can also use the controller, which is the way I played it. And using the controller, it plays very much like Res. In fact, it just feels like a sequel to Res to me. The only complaint I have is the game is 50 bucks. It's not a downloadable game. It's a disc game. It's $50, and the whole game is 90 minutes long. Now... You finished it in less than that, didn't you? Uh, probably roughly that. Because I, I had to play a couple of levels twice to unlock another... To get enough stars to unlock. Them. And by 90 minutes, you're just saying that if you sit there and just play it through... You can do it in one afternoon. I couldn't, but you did. You might be able to. It even as a mode where you don't can't die. You can just go oh, through Oh, then I would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just... You could just listen and shoot? You could literally not even shoot. Just watch it if you wanted. But it wouldn't make any music. It would, you're making it would make music. music, but it wouldn't be as elaborate yeah, as yeah. when you're hitting everything. But yeah, there is a easy mode with no... So... That's the only problem I have because Res was actually longer than that, and that was a cheaper game, you know. Um, that's a, all the music is composed by um, Mizuguchi's band, which is Genki Rockets. They're a band that he—it's a house techno band. So all the music is by by him, as well as the game. It's not for everybody. It's if you're interested in music. Music games, rhythm games, shooting games. It's, it's a hard one to classify because it's not like anything. Can't. It's not Call of Duty. It's not an adventure game. It's like game. an intense, relaxing experience. Yeah, if you've got a surround sound system and a big TV and maybe even the Kinect, it's something that you will not have experienced before. I could say that. Visually, audio. That's what it's about, isn't it? You know? I said to you, Jeff Minter, who made Tempest 2000, <laughs> needs to see this game. Um, I've also been playing a game... Every time I turn around, I see this woman, the backside of her with her hips and everything You'll see shining it. in my face. Here as well. <laughs> it's everywhere. Um, the other game I've been playing this week, um, just on the DS, on the 3DS, one of the downloadable games on the DSi store is Airport Mania, which is like a time management game. And I've played it like to death this week. <laughs> I have also got the PC version, which I've put on your PC, you which you can play. Um it's a really cool... The way you describe it, I know I can't start. Yeah, you, you'll you not put it down once you pick it up. It's one of those. It's um, time management games, they call them. Like Dynadash, where you're... Lemonade stand. Yeah, it's one of those. And it's about an airport, and you're upgrading your airport, landing planes, cleaning planes, fueling planes up. Right. Telling them which runway to go out on. It's really very simple, but you don't want to put it down. You can literally have it in your hand for hours on end. So, And it's uh, 99 cents on the DSiWare store. Wow. So, I mean... Give it a try. Um, today is Legend of Zelda 3DS Day. The, the new Legend of Zelda... Well, remake of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. A game that I have never played. Comes out on the 3DS today. Um, I, used, I have a gift voucher, uh, funnily enough, from my rewards 
thing that I do. E-Rewards, if you want to look that up online. You can answer surveys and get free gift vouchers for GameStop. Well, right. I get free gift vouchers from them every couple of months. And the gift vouchers are for 50 bucks, right? So this game, I get it for nothing. I'm, basically, they owe me some money. <laughs> so I've ordered it. But I chose the free shipping, so I probably won't get it for another week. But anyway, I'll talk about it when I get it. But it's the remake of the Nintendo 64 Ocarina of Time Zelda game done for the 3DS in 3D with lots of improvements. They actually improved the graphics. How exciting. It's What's exciting about it is almost anybody who can call themselves a gamer has played this game. It's, it's literally... It's Nintendo's masterpiece, but I never played it. Bizarre. And the reason I never played it was I had a Nintendo 64 and I remember it coming out, but I was into Mario and I'd bought the Mario game and I hadn't finished it yet. And I wanted to get all the stars in Mario before I bought another game. And then when I did get all the stars in Mario, Zelda had gone past a few months <laughs> and there was something else that was new that I got. Goldeneye, James Bond. <laughs> so I never went back to Zelda and just never played it. And that was only, what, 25 years ago? No, Zelda's 25 years old. Nintendo 64's 15 years old, maybe. Right, right. So it was about that point. Um, but the reason this is out this year is it's Zelda's 25th anniversary. There's also a brand new Zelda for Wii at Christmas. So it's the year of Zelda, basically. I'm excited to play it. And it's awesome. Because I, I, I posted on NeoGAF last night and there was a big thread about Zelda. And how everybody's excited for today because the new Zelda game comes out. But they've all played it because they're all hardcore gamers who've played everything, right? And they're all like, I wish I could just forget it and play it again oh, because right. it's so awesome. It's literally my favourite game. I've played it. And you you really don't know what it's they about. They say I've played it 15 times. It's that good. And I was, I'm like, this is really weird because I've played every Zelda game. Every one of them. Including the DS ones before the 3D, you know, the DS ones. Um... But I've never played Ocarina of Time, ever. I've never watched a walkthrough. I've never seen footage of it. I've seen the trailer. Very good. And they were like, we're really jealous of it because <laughs> we wish that we'd forgot about it because like, it's amazing. Yeah, so, the first time is always... You can't undo and, it. And with it literally being a, a masterpiece. Now, for me, it has to live up to that now, though. Yeah, but it is only a masterpiece to people who think it is. I mean, so. for games... Like, yeah. It's Shigeru Miyamoto who did... Um, Mario and stuff it's literally his masterpiece of game design so when I'm playing it I have to look at it as like the layout of the game how amazing it is because Mario 64 is also one of those where it's like timeless so really looking forward to it upcoming games and I've got a stack of games to play um, I've literally um, in the, this week and next week there's a stack of games coming out first is Shadow of the Damned Shadows of the Damned, which... I don't know that one. I'm also... I'm, it's almost... Let me guess. Zombies? Well, yes. Vampires? What is awesome about it is... Get this. Sorry, I got a stretch or I'm going to fall asleep. Um, it's Shadow of the Damned. It's Suda51, who's another legendary Japanese developer. He did No More Heroes. Um, Killer7. He does these bizarre, Jap- very Japanese games. He's teamed up with the guy... I always forget this guy's name, but he's the creator of Resident Evil. Oh, right. They both teamed up. They, they're ju- both giants in Japan. But they've made this zombie slash... 
if it's Suda51's involved, it will also be nuts. It will be absolutely nuts. You won't <laughs> even know what's happening. It'll be so crazy. But it's this Resident Evil-style shooter about this guy whose girlfriend gets taken to hell and he has to fight back for her. It's kind of over-the-top, gothic. I'm excited. It just looks really bananas. Like, you know, one of those where you can be watching it and go, this is Japanese, or these guys are insane. It'd be better if she got kidnapped and taken to heaven and you wanted to rescue her from there. You never know. You never know. Well, Suda51, <laughs> it, could, it could end up like that. I mean, this is the guy who made No More Heroes, which was a Wii game where to reload your weapon, you had to masturbate the Wii controller. It's that guy. Okay. I mean, he's insane. Like, it, it, <laughs> So, yeah, that guy. Uh, so that's the first game. The second game is Fear 3, which is a shooter, the third in a shooter, supernatural shooter. Pretty cool series. I'm interested to see what this one is. Cars 2 is also out this week, which is the Pixar movie. You might think those, are, you might think those mm-hmm. are kids' games, but I always enjoy the Pixar games, even though they are kind of aimed at kids. They're kind of fun to play, you know? Um, Duke Nukem Forever, which I still haven't played. I've kind of got a phobia about playing it. I want to play it because I'm curious. I know it's bad. I mean, I know it's bad. I know it's an actual really poor game. You don't know that because you haven't played it. No, I've watched the reviews and seen people play it, and mm. it is literally the mechanics are bad. Like, it, it looks bad to Then just the end. skip it. I can't skip it because I'm very morbidly curious, so I have got a copy of that on hand. No, you want to jump on the bandwagon. No, I want my opinion on it, and yeah. I will. Uh, Red Faction Armageddon is also out. It's been out a couple of weeks. I still, It's still on my pile. I have a little pile of backlog stuff at the moment because of E3. And finally, Transformers Dark of the Moon, which is the new Transformers game based on the new movie. The last Transformers game was incredible. So hopefully this... Yeah, the last one, War for Cybertron. It was amazing. It was the backstory of the the old war on Cybertron. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was really good. This is by the same people, but it's the movie license game. Hopefully them having to stick to the story of the movie doesn't make it shitty. Yeah. I'm not saying the movie's going to be shitty didn't like the second movie no the third movie loses Megan Fox thank god and Michael Bay says he's back on his game even he didn't think the second one was up to par I'm a big Transformers fan mm-hmm. it's, it's a great summer movie to see in the theatres and it's literally I marvel at it yeah. I mean I can't help it I marvel at not not that they're just really crappy when it comes to story and stuff yeah but I love the idea of these Transformers uh-huh. and their plant that part I like but throwing all these stupid humans bumbling around. Yeah, I don't shit. want to see the humans. No, exactly. But what I marvel at is the intricacy that designers and artists and CGI artists and computer engineers and software designers and what's his face himself, Cameron, I'm sure, that yeah, they... Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Come up... Yeah, right. They come up with them when they're transforming I just I want to reach in I want to put my hand on it and like feel it in the It's just like the tie. I want to watch it and I want I want this microphone right here to like start cracking open in a billion different pieces and turn it into something else. I marvel at it. Actually, and I can't I can't cl- I can't complain about that. No, I, I, I'm like this. Come on. I want to see you change. I want to see you change. And I love the, the the toys when I was a kid. So I have an attachment to Transformers, you know. I even have a transform bumblebee on my desk. You do? Your um, wife gave you that. Yeah, um, what I'm saying is, um, it's even if the second movie was kind of poor, you can't deny how those things look real. Like, mm. it, like 
there's a battle in the middle of a city and there's transformers running about and it looks oh, like it's happening. The battle on the highway and when the, the big when wheel the thing. fighter jet is flying and then turns into the thing. The scorpion when in the desert. Yeah. The, you know. Oh, the scorpion in the desert is awesome. All of it. Yeah, good special. Really good. And, I, you know, I imagine in this new one. Um, I've got... If a movie like Skyline can look as good as it did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and this this is a hundred and fifty million dollar movie. L A. Battle L A. looked excellent. So yeah, um, it's in three D or not? If you, mm-hmm. uh, we'll probably see it in three D. I'm not sure. Um, he he had James Cameron advising him on the three D, so I'm assuming it's going to be a decent three D movie, not just a kind of shoddy one. So well, anyway, that's off topic, but I am excited for Transformers. Kind of like a big summer event movie that's kind of fun, you know, dumb fun. <laughs> yeah, um, and spectacular, spectacular so, as in visually. Yep, definitely. So um, that's everything. Lots of stuff there. Sid talk. What's for dinner? Doesn't feel like dinner time, but I guess it is. It will be in a little bit. I might have taken that. For everyone no. who doesn't know, I work at night, so I decided, and I'm going to my mother's early tomorrow morning. So I decided I worked last night. I decided to stay up all day, so by evening I'll be ready. To go to sleep, which I'm ready now, but I do mm. need to. I know, I gotta hang in there and make some dinner. Just make your dinner, take a and nap, watch, watch some, some TV, TV and, and then, then fall asleep yeah. and watch some more Twilight Zone. Um, what is for dinner is going to be some roasted potato salad, which I have which made. Which I really love. Yes, it's got sweet potato, potato, and I got a ear of corn I'm gonna cut up in there, and then I make the. I was gonna say gravy, but it's not gravy, the saucy stuff with some vegan a's, a little bit of ranch dressing, a um, little bit of vinaigrette. And I'm going to throw some fresh corn in there this time. You know, just one little extra element. And it's so delicious. Just a little bit of the saucy stuff. It doesn't have a lot. It doesn't even need very much. And I cook the potatoes in the microwave first. And then roast them in the oven for a little while so they get crispy on the outside. Then let them cool and then make the potato salad. I know this isn't a cooking show, but I'm just saying. That's the main feature of our dinner. Plus some braised mushrooms, which just means you cook them in some nice onion and vegetable broth on the stove until they get nice and have like a nice saucy stuff on them some roasted asparagus it's like veg fest tonight i don't know what's going to be protein added but it'll be something probably got some chicken nuggets or something right yeah yeah oh we got do we have any those patties left those fake chicken we don't eat meat but the fake chicken patties i've not had any so if we've got some, right. got some. something like that all right yeah i feel like i've not had much vegetables this week even. no you haven't um, i haven't either i need some I do too. We had salad the week we, before a whole bunch, and then skip. This week has been like I had a bean burrito. God, what I have? Uh, I soup mean, last night. I, I'm not talking about I've been eating meat all week because no, no, I, no. I, you can I, eat I mean, I've just veggie not burgers had, and fries. Yeah, I've not been eating. We eat veggie burgers. Yeah, but they're mostly. Made I don't out feel of like that counts like vegetables, <laughs> even though it is. Because we love vegetables. Yeah, I Most do. asparagus. Mm, Say to wait. you, I can have a bowl of peas for a snack. I love yeah. peas. Last night I, ha- I bought a box of fresh blueberries. I rinsed them off and I just put them in a coffee cup and I walked around at work just eating like raw, plain, no sugar, nothing. Just ate blueberries for like three hours. So something's happened to our brains because yeah, our totally. tongues. So is that is that it? I have the meaning of life, but I figured it out, but I'm going to save that for another day. The meaning of life is you need to have some sleep. No, that's function. not it. It's a function, correct? That's the meaning of today's life. Which could be part of the meaning of life. Oh, I should have mentioned that the Y the other day in the hot tub had a God experience, didn't I? Well, it didn't have a God experience. <laughs> I didn't almost drown or anything, but this older lady sat, got in the hot tub and said hi and introduced herself. And 
had a little bit of chit-chat for like half a second, and then she said, can I ask you a question, hon? And she had a really shaky voice, and I said, sure. Um, Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and taken him into your heart? And that is how she talked, real shaky and nervous-y sounding. And I said, um, no, I haven't, but thank you for asking. And she was just, and it's real loud, right? So it's like bubbling up and then the pool's there and everything. So she was, can I say a prayer for you, honey? And I'm like, sure, go ahead. And you said a lot of people would have been rude or just like ignored her or like been like, lady, don't, you know. But I just let her talk. And she wanted to explain to me how could I not believe in anything because how, and she pointed out the window, how can you explain all of this, honey? And, you know, God loves you. And the Bible says, and I said, well, what was there before the Bible? And she said, well, there was Abraham. And I thought, I've read some of the Bible. There's a lot. I don't, that is in the Bible. (laughs) But that is in the Bible. So how do you know? You know, I mean, I didn't get into it. So I'm just like, and she said, she had said like three different prayers for me. And she goes, now, honey, when you're ready to accept Jesus Christ, here's the prayer you'll need to say. Can I hold your hand? And I said, mm, no, I'd no. rather not. I was trying to be as polite as I, and she kept scooting closer to me. Plus, we're in a hot tub. You know, you're in your swimsuit and she's an old lady. And I'm like, no, no, no. Please, please I said, but feel free me. to, you know, say whatever you want. So she said this big, long thing. And she goes, that's all you've got to say, honey. And I said, I have to say that word for word? I don't, uh, I think I'll pass. And I was just trying to be nice and not be hateful at all. I was really nice to her. And you could tell she was genuinely, genuinely one of those people who every opportunity she wanted to lay it on. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And there's no reason to be rude. She didn't follow me into the dressing room or anything or follow me around to keep talking. When the conversation was done, the bubbles stopped bubbling. We were done. She said, have a lovely day. And I said, have a wonderful day. And that was it. We parted ways. But it's just an example of, like, if they come to our door, we don't engage with them. It's like, dude, don't sell me shit at my door. You know, you want to sell salvation, go somebody, someplace else. I got, I got all I need over here. I don't believe in it. So, But, you know, those people I feel want to be rude to, but we never are. We're always very friendly. But in that situation... Just let, maybe, if you got time, it was five minutes, let the person get it off their chest or heart or whatever. They're not, you know, as long as they're not rude about it or really, really persistent or insist on giving you a Bible and taking you to church with them. They like, you know, you can cross the line. Or if you're into it. Yeah, if you're open to it and you want to engage more, that's fine. I'm talking to the people who want to just be rude to these Mm. people. Uh, Like, uh, blank. Like, absolute, there's no exceptions. Sometimes there is an exception. This lady was particularly friendly and nice and seemed fragile and, I think, delusional. But that's just the way I think about it. So, I just let her say what she wanted to say. I think she felt like she did her good deed for the day. And I felt like I did... I was true to myself by saying, I don't believe in any of that. I said, you can pray for me all you want. (laughs) I wanted to say, like... It's fantasy, but go ahead. You know, I mean, I just felt like there's no reason to be rude, and I'm I'm a good at being rude to people, so that was a good lesson for me. All right, so moving on. That is not the meaning of life, by the way. No. <laughs> thanks for listening to the show. Um, just finally, before I say thanks for listening to the show, I want to say I'm reading a new book, um, James Bond, 007, Carte Blanche. It's uh, Jeffrey Deaver is the author. Diva, D-E-A-V-E-R. 
Um, it's a reboot of James Bond, basically, in novels. Like, it's not... Like, Daniel Craig was the reboot of James Bond in the movies, but this is a the novelised reboot of James Bond. Brand new. How many times do you want to say reboot? <clears throat> Brand new... Um, a new James Bond, 30 years old, just got out of the Afghan war, uh, working for the British secret agency thing. Anonymously. But he's new, you know, it's yeah. it's set in 2012, so it's... He's not James Bond yet. He's not the secret spy of international interest. He's 007, he's, he's James Bond. He's just starting. But, yeah, he's just starting, yeah. But he's already got a... Skills. All the skills he needs, yeah. So it's, you know, he doesn't... Interesting, he doesn't drive um, an Aston Martin, he drives a Bentley. And you said it was weird for you because Q's a man, and I'm thinking, yeah, Q was yeah, always, always a man. <laughs> Until but I always here. remember the last one I've seen, and then like when the when Q starts talking, um, she's in my mind, uh, Judy Dench. And then when they say she's got a mustache in her, like, <laughs> you can still imagine that kind of with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite the picture. Anyway, yeah, I recommend the book, um, but it's a page turner. Absolutely, like I thought I would do one chapter and I've done five like you know what I mean it's one of those types so interesting book just came out it came out like two weeks ago so um yeah this Ca- show has a little bit of everything carte blanche yeah reading yeah culture religion hot tubs movies Kids. games <laughs> rudeness penis <laughs> alright so thanks for listening I want to remind you about our websites aschoolie.com tiktok.com you can catch us both on twitter facebook xbox live youtube you can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed, which is com. Click on the word podcast, listen to it there, subscribe, whatever you want to do. Or the iTunes Music Store, just search for After the Show. Um, you'll also find me at the email address aschoolie at com. Sid Talk, you won't find her anywhere. She's anonymous to the internet. Um, and I want to say... Uh, stay- Except for all those places that you just mentioned. I want to say stay classy Farrelly brothers even though you are not classy at all. (laughs) And I'm going to say think for yourself because if you don't somebody will do it for you. 